The Devils find ways to lose once again, and they have ex- extended their winless streak to six games. And quite honestly, it's not going to get any easier, and I'm a little concerned. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. has got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer. And also Dell's right for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So the New Jersey Devils lost their most recent matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of 4-1. to And they have extended their losing streak to six games. And now they sit second in the Metropolitan Division. So where do I start? Well, let's begin with a tweet from our good buddy, Ryan Ovazinski, who's also a friend of the show. He said, and I'll let you guys know where I'm going with this momentarily, vintage way for the New Jersey Devils to end period number one. They led in shots on goal 13 to 7, Corsi 20 to 14, and expected goals percentage 67.25%. Yet they trailed on the scoreboard by a score of one to nothing. So, what does Ryan mean by this overall tweet? Which he means uh, that the New Jersey Devils, they passed the eye test, but they still found ways to beat themselves. So, uh, they gave up the first goal of the game within the first 20 seconds that cannot happen the new jersey devils need to find a way to strike first because like i said a few weeks ago you cannot make those kind of mistakes against top tier teams in the nhl so the carolina hurricanes coming into this matchup they were on a five game win streak the devils were on a five game losing streak so you know which team had the momentum going into this matchup And yet the New Jersey Devils, they came out flat-footed, and by the time they got it together, they were already trailing. So that cannot happen when you got a a tough opponent in the Boston Bruins within the next few days. And obviously when this episode goes live, they'll have another game later today against the Florida Panthers. But I'll talk about their overall scheduling in the second segment of today's episode. Let's focus on what were my initial reactions to the game. So... After reading Ryan Obazinski's tweet, I had to agree with him, which was the New Jersey Devils. They really should have kept this game throughout the majority somewhat close. And because it was the same story in period number two, yet they trailed three to nothing going into the final period of regulation. So I need to talk about the defensive lapses for the New Jersey Devils because they continue to give up too many two on one odd man rushes. That cannot happen because you're leaving yourself vulnerable, you're leaving your goalie vulnerable, and you're not giving yourself a good enough position to possibly win the game. And yes, you expect to lose in that sort of fashion when you have that many defensive lapses in that sort of manner. So that cannot happen with the, uh, with the overall defensive execution. Now let's move over to the offensive execution because you saw players like Thomas Tatar, Dawson Mercer, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, even though he did score in this game to prevent the Devils from getting shut out, they had a lot of good chances to score. Now, did the New Jersey Devils get goalied in this game? Yes, absolutely, because in this matchup, it was clear that Kochikov was was playing phenomenal, and he's been doing that all season for the Carolina Hurricanes. So yes, the New Jersey Devils did get goalied in this matchup, but 
it, it's the same story these last few games. It's one thing to get goalied for like a game or two. It's another thing to constantly get goalied. So what does that mean for the New Jersey Devils? That they're creating good looks for themselves, but unfortunately they're not finishing. So this is something that we've also been talking about the last couple of games, which is it seems like the New Jersey Devils are struggling to finish on their chances. So can Danico acknowledge this on air? Same with Bryce Salvador. How do you get people like Nico Keisher and Jack Hughes? How do they try to get their shots to find the back of the net? How do you get someone like Miles Wood involved? Because Miles Wood has been sort of silent the last few games. How do you get Jesper Bratt involved? Even though he was the one who got an assist on Jack Hughes' goal because prior to this game, uh, Jesper Bratt has gone the last four games without recording a point, and he's supposed to be one of our best players. So Jesper Bratt has hit sort of a cold streak. And it's just like the New Jersey Devils are just scrambling to find those answers on the offensive side of things. And this goes back to what Christy Flannery, who's also a friend of the show, said in one of her uh, older articles, which is the loss of Nathan Bastian could prove uh, costly for the New Jersey Devils, more costly than Mackenzie Blackwood and Andre Palat. And right now we're seeing what's going on with the New Jersey Devils because they have lost that spark. They have lost that impact in Nathan Bastian. And you just see them just trying to mix up their line combinations to see what can work. So we're seeing the whole offensive game plan for the Devils just come to a screeching halt. They've hit a wall. But here's the thing for the Devils. It'll just take one win. I'm just hoping for just one win for them to get out of this rut and snap back into reality. Because... I don't think this is the same New Jersey Devils team from last year. They've just hit a wall. Now, how do you break through it? And right now, it seems like in this game that they were just going through the motions and the frustrations were relatively high because we saw Jack Hughes when he went to the bench. He slammed his stick in frustration when he was robbed of a goal chance. We saw Lindy Ruff during a TV timeout. He was getting very animated with his team. He was in their grill. And I like to see that from Lindy Ruff. Tensions are high for the Devils right now. And I love that because it shows passion. But how do you just break through that wall? So you need to get Jesper Bratt more involved. You need to get Miles Wood going because he's a big impact player. Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, they got to find ways to create for for others. And they got to find a way to finish themselves because the overall narrative for the New Jersey Devils on the scoring chances is is their lack of finishing. So, uh, like I said, they passed the eye test in this game. They led the... Uh, Carolina Hurricanes in the shots on goal category by a comfortable margin but for some reason they still lost four to one and going back to the defense like these two-on-one odd man rushes cannot continue to happen and we saw someone like John Marino John Marino played less and less as the game progressed because he was struggling in this game we've been talking about how great John Marino has been for the Devils but unfortunately these last few games he's been kind of a liability out there and Look, everyone hits a rut, everyone hits a wall, but I'm just giving that example, which is John Marino. He needs to step up his game. He needs to go back to what he was best at, which was you need to uh, just try to knock the puck away. You need to assert yourself in the in the defensive side of things. You need to just use your body out there to just try to suppress any attackers coming your way. So John Marino, he struggled in this game, and Lindy Ruff wasn't having it. We saw Damon Severson a couple nights ago make a boneheaded play. I know I'm bringing it up, but I'm just using that as an example. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, he hasn't looked too sharp the last few games. Jonas Siegenthaler, you know, he's doing the best he can. And then for Ryan Graves, it's like sometimes he I, I forget he's out there. So overall, the defensive effort for New Jersey Devils has been lacking, and they need to pick it up. 
because as the season progresses, as the month of December progresses in particular, the Devils are going to have a tough time and they desperately need to get a win because the Metropolitan Division is tight. So uh, before we move on to segment two, let's just finish with my overall reactions to the game. So Vitek Vancek, he wasn't too sharp in this game. I'm sure there's a couple goals he would have liked to have back because this was acknowledged on air, which it was. I'm sure there were a couple goals that Vitek Vancek would have liked to have back because we've seen him make those types of saves before. And this is the part of the game which Vancek had to step it up. And I get that his defense kind of put him into a vulnerable position. But as a goalie, you need to make those clutch saves to keep your team in the matchup. So one of the things I've been talking about when it comes to goalies is like how clutch Akira Schmidt has been, how clutch Vitek Vancek has been. But unfortunately in this matchup, it was just another example of Vanacek not looking too sharp in between the pipes. And then finally, I saved, I guess, the worst for last, the power play. The power play continues to struggle. The Devils gave up a shorthanded goal. In this matchup, the Devils were 0 for 4 in their power play opportunities. That cannot happen. You had golden opportunities to try to tie the game. You had golden opportunities to try to chip away at the lead. But... Uh, the power play continues to lack for the New Jersey Devils. They Sometimes I forget that they're on the man-up advantage, and they look very passive out there. So when I'm watching the game, whether it's in the power play or on the five-on-five, five, I'm just seeing the New Jersey Devils just passing it around uh, in their offensive end, and they're not penetrating. They're not going deep on in into their attacking end to try to find an opening and score. So you need to fix that because – that's one of the reasons why the Devils were so effective early on in the year, which was they were not afraid to go deep into their attacking end. They made some razzle-dazzle plays, and they just kept on attacking, attacking, attacking to find the back of the net. But these last few games or so, the Devils have just been playing passive. And yet, when you get those grade-A chances, you need to capitalize them on them as well because I don't know how many more opportunities they're going to get in that sort of regard. So I gave my list of players who – had uh, some chances that came to mind. Unfortunately, yes, they got goalied in this matchup, but you got to step it up in that regard. So you cannot keep using that as an excuse. So overall for Devils in this matchup, it was a pretty lackadaisical effort. They need to stop playing so passive out there. The defense needs to stop having so many lapses, and they got to put Vitek Vancek or uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, who's now back into action. You need to give them opportunities to not look so vulnerable. And overall, this is a team effort for Devils. And unfortunately, it, it just seems like they've lost their sense of direction. They've lost their style of hockey. They've lost their overall way. So they need to find a way to fix it. Because in this game against the Florida Panthers, this is probably their best chance of nabbing a win before they have to play the best team in the NHL in the Boston Bruins. So we're going to talk more about that momentarily. But first... I want you guys to make some extra money this holiday season, so I'm going to tell you about BetOnline.net. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so the main question in this episode is, 
Is it time to raise the red flag for the New Jersey Devils? Is it time to hit the panic button? And for the first time this season, the answer to both those questions is yes. Because let's look at the Metropolitan Division, shall we? So the New Jersey Devils now sit second in the Metro. And now some people might say, okay, that's good. They're still in the top three. Well, here's the thing. The Carolina Hurricanes, now they've extended their win streak to six games. So the Devils are now two points behind them. The Devils uh, don't have that big of a cushion now because they've blown it during this six-game losing skid because now uh, they're, they're still at 44 points, but trailing them is the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins just won their most recent matchup. The New York Rangers have 41 points. The New York Islanders have 38 points. Remember, when the New Jersey Devils played the New York Islanders back at the Prudential Center earlier this month, the Islanders were either sitting second or third in the Metro, and now they're in the middle of the pack and yet they're still having a pretty decent year. So it, it goes to show you that the same thing could happen to the Devils if they lose a few more games. They really need to win their next game against the Florida Panthers, and this is probably their best chance to do so because the Florida Panthers, they lost their most recent game. In their last 10 games, they are 5-5, five and five, and they are middle of the pack in the Atlantic Division. I get they're the reigning President's Trophy winners, and I get that they beat the Devils just a couple days ago, but unfortunately... When look at the schedule for the Devils, it doesn't get any easier. So you got to play the Boston Bruins on the 23rd and then the 28th. Then you got to play the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, towards the end of December. Then come January 1st, New Year's Day, uh, to ring in 2023, they got to play the Carolina Hurricanes. And then you got the Detroit Red Wings and the St. Louis Blues. So those are games that might uh, fall into the favor of the New Jersey Devils. But at the same time, it's just like you cannot continue to lose the way you're doing because – if the Devils lose their next game against the Florida Panthers and then lose against the Boston Bruins, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Carolina Hurricanes, quite honestly, we could legitimately be having a discussion as to whether or not the New Jersey Devils will make the playoffs. So we went from guaranteeing them a playoff positioning to basically saying, like, are they going to be a fringe playoff team? Are they going to miss it? Whatever the case might be. Because like I said, it's going to take a complete crash and burn for the Devils to uh, not make the playoffs it would have to be like one of the biggest crash and burns in all of sports. So right now the Devils are on a six-game winless streak. I know they've racked up a, like a couple points thanks to sending a couple games to OT, but that's not good enough. So they need to uh, really win their next game against the Florida Panthers. That is a must win. And the one thing I'm banking on, the New Jersey Devils have one of the best road records in the entire league because going into this matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes, they had a record of 11-1-1 when playing away from the Prudential Center. That was the one thing I was banking on for the Devils because they're a good road team. And I said, if anyone can slow down the Carolina Hurricanes, maybe it's the Devils. But for right now, they're in the midst of a winless streak. Uh, no momentum is going their way. Like I said in segment one, it seems like the Devils have lost their sense of direction and they really need to get it together. But I still believe it only will just take one win to snap them out of it. And their best chance to do it is against the Florida Panthers. So they that if, if tonight wasn't a must win for them, their next game against the Florida Panthers is that must win for them. Now, a lot of people are talking about should the Devils fire Lindy Roth? It seems like uh, every time the Devils go on a losing streak, this conversation gets brought up. So I'm going to talk about it briefly, but very brief. And I'm just going to get right to the point. Guys, Lindy Ruff is not going anywhere. A 13-game win streak, guys, is not lucky. 
Okay, that takes skill. So the Devils do have the skill. They're just in the midst of a rut. And when you're in that rut, sometimes it's hard to get out of it. But it'll only just take one win to snap them out of it. I firmly believe that. So, no, I don't think Lindy Ruff is going to get fired this year. And quite honestly, a coaching change isn't going to snap the Devils back into shape right away because that new coach is going to have to adjust quickly. That new coach is going to have to install a new system. The players are going to have to get used to that new coach. So quite honestly, I think that will hinder the New Jersey Devils more than it will help. So a coaching change is not the answer, guys. Stop making that your go-to answer for everything that goes wrong for the Devils or for any sports team in general because a coaching change doesn't uh, just miraculously change a lot of things. There's only a few examples of that happening. Now, a lot of people will bring up Andrew Burnett in that case. And yes, Andrew Burnett was able to uh, still lead the Florida Panthers to a president's trophy, despite uh, the scandal that happened with Joel Quinville that involved his tenure with the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, we've already discussed that uh, portion before, but uh, my overall point is like, this is a different team compared to the Florida Panthers, just saying. So I don't know how fast the New Jersey Devils would adjust to someone like Andrew Burnett or a different coach if the Devils decide to go into that direction. So, no, I don't believe Lindy Ruff will be fired. I don't think that's the answer. And I, I think people are just too quick to say maybe it's time for a coaching change. 13-game win streaks don't happen, guys. It doesn't happen all that ha- all that often so for any people who say that that win streak should be exonerated or that win streak doesn't count you obviously need to i'm going to question your sanity quite honestly because that is ridiculous that is not luck that is skill and every team hits a wall every team hits some adversity now how do they climb out of it just win against the florida panthers and we'll see how these next few games against the boston bruins will go and But here's one thing I will say. The Devils do need to make a trade. They need to switch some things up because, like I said in segment one, ever since they lost Nathan Bastion, it just seems like they've lost that that impact line. Remember, Michael McLeod, Miles Wood, and Nathan Bastion, they were the X factors for New Jersey Devils. They were the grit and grind for uh, the bottom six. They were the ones who were the spark plugs. They were the one who had that big impact. And like Chrissy Flannery said in one of her earlier articles, she said the loss of Nathan Bastion could be more severe than Andre Pilat and Mackenzie Blackwood. And she's right to some extent because now the Devils, they just don't have that same impact up and down their lineup. And it's affecting a lot of people. And it's just like Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, they got to try to do everything they can because Nico Heischer led the New Jersey Devils uh, shift after period number one, just because he has to do everything. So, yes, I get the I get the frustration. I get what's going on right now because the Devils, they've been mixing and matching their bottom six to try to find that same impact. And quite honestly, I, I don't think you can easily replace Nathan Bastion as I originally thought it would be. So uh, but I think you can make a trade because you do have the assets, you do have the prospects and you don't need to swing for the fences. So I know a lot of people would like Ryan O'Reilly, Timo Meyer, Vladimir Tarasenko. I want those players too. They would, I think they would fit fantastic for the Devils, but remember what we truly need. And remember what Chrissy Flannery said when she first appeared on this show over the summer to discuss the offseason, which was it's more about depth and not so much about helping our top six because Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, they'll do them. And Jesper Bratt, he'll, he'll definitely get out of it. And I hope this assist in this game on Jack Hughes' goal can get him out of it. 
But at the same time, I have the utmost faith in our baby big three. But now it's just like, how do we fill that depth on the bottom six? Because Jesper Boquist, he doesn't really do much of anything. Alexander Holt, he is great in the AHL, but when he gets to the NHL, he kind of struggles. Dawson Mercer has opportunities, but it's like, how do we uh, just, uh, similar to Miles Wood, how do we get them going once again? Yegor Sharangovich is sometimes inconsistent because he could go on a streak where he's racking up a lot of points and then he could go five games without doing anything. So it's more about depth and less about getting a big name player. And I think that's what the Devils need, especially with the loss of Nathan Bashan. And quite honestly, guys, I don't know how, how much longer Nathan Bashan is going to be out, but Lindy Ruff said a few days ago, he is still a ways away. So I just want to put that out there. And I believe it's a similar shoulder situation that Jack Hughes had on the second game of the year last season. So I think we can expect Nathan Bashan to be out for like another month or so before he returns to action. Then you got to factor in recovery process and just maybe it'll take some time for him to get integrated back into the lineup. So if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, you need, especially if they lose against the Florida Panthers, you need to get on that phone ASAP and you need to fix our depth because some players aren't holding their end of the bargain and some players are just flat out not ready for the NHL, Alexander Holtz. So you need to find that depth and you need to uh, find that spark plug once again because Miles Wood is cold and Michael McLeod, they're just not the same players without their buddy, Nathan Bastion. Okay, so like I do with every post-game recap, let's look at the final stats and then I'll give my letter grade. So this game was kind of weird for the New Jersey Devils once again because they passed the eye test, but unfortunately they still uh, blew it. So shots on goal differential, 38 to 20 in favor of the Devils. So like I said, they got goalied in this game and that can happen once in a while, but it seems like it happens so often. So Kochikov played fantastic in this game. He was great in between the pipes for the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm not going to take that away from him, but the Devils cannot continue to get a lot of shots on goal and only have like a goal to show for it. That cannot happen. And Jack Hughes' goal came late in period number three when it really didn't matter at that point because we knew the Devils weren't going to make the miraculous comeback. Similar to what the Utica Comets were able to do when they were down like what, by three goals? They scored four unanswered, but unfortunately wasn't going to happen to the Devils this night. So uh, the Devils got to fix that. Face-off percentage, 56% to 44% in favor of the Carolina Hurricanes. Power play, Devils were 0 for 4. Hurricanes were 0 for 4. However, the Hurricanes did get a shorthanded goal that uh, put the game pretty much out of reach for the Devils, 3 to nothing. Uh, hits, 24 to 20 in favor of the Devils. Blocks, 13 to 10 in favor of the Hurricanes. Giveaways, 5 to 2 in favor of the Hurricanes. So for the Devils, they pass the eye test once again, but they got to step up on the defensive side of things. No more two-on-one opportunities. Fours have got to finish their shots. Uh, power play has got to step up. And when the Devils were given a golden opportunity to try to amount a comeback because the Carolina Hurricanes early in period number two, this is similar to period number one, the Devils gave up another goal to them. Unfortunately uh, for them, that goal was waved off because Burns was off sides. So the Devils dodged a major bullet and it was still a one to nothing game, but yet they still couldn't uh, make the comeback. They still couldn't capitalize on golden opportunities. And like I said, they, to start period number one, they gave up the first goal in the game within a 20-second span. And then in period number two, they uh, quote-unquote gave up the first goal of that game, even though it was waved off in period number two within the first 90-second span. So that can't happen. So they have got to find a way 
to shift the momentum in their favor. And they need to play as a team, not as individuals, because it seems like they're going through the motions. But like Ryan Ovozinski said in his first tweet, the Devils are passing the eye exams. And I don't know what the win-o-meter uh, says, but I think the Devils did uh, deserve to win the game, quite honestly, because they could have theoretically maybe won it like one to nothing if they didn't make those defensive lapses, if um, they weren't uh, making those like minuscule mistakes because they were playing competitively. Unfortunately, like I said, the mistakes that they made, like just the just like the small ones, the Carolina Hurricanes were able to make them pay. I know that's a lot to say, but for anyone who watched the game, you understand where I'm coming from. And Ryan Ovazinski and his tweet backs me up on that claim, which is the Devils did. Theoretically, they didn't play the worst brand of hockey, but they certainly uh, were far from their best. So speaking on that, I think the New Jersey Devils in this matchup deserve a C. Wasn't their best game, wasn't their worst game, and quite honestly, it could have gone better. But the one thing I could say is like, you know, they didn't give up. They, they, they did give up four goals. But at the same time, it was just like if they just clean it up or if they just get off to a decent start, you just can't help wondering what would the final score really be? And I know a lot of casual hockey fans will just say like, Trey, you're crazy. But trust me, watching the game and hearing what everyone was saying on the MSG broadcast and hearing what Ryan Novozinski, Alex Chavansi, all of them were saying, I would have to agree in that case. So, yeah, Devils get a C in this game, and they just got to step up in the next game against the Florida Panthers. That's just a must win for them. And, yes, I am concerned for the Devils, and they really got to snap out of this quickly. Otherwise, they're going to find themselves in the middle pack of the Metropolitan Division, and then we're, we're going to be shifting our tune from Devils are a bona fide playoff team to now saying, like, are they even going to make the playoffs? And we, we haven't even reached New Year yet. So let me know what you guys think. What did you think about the overall game? Did you think the Devils deserved to win this game? Did, did they play better than you anticipated? And what are your expectations going forward? Because like I said, you got to play the Carolina Hurricanes once more on New Year's Day. You got to play the Boston Bruins around the Christmas time. And then you got the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously, to worry about. So it's not going to come until like the St. Louis Blues and the Detroit Red Wings game where the Devils will, uh, will, I guess, have some games that fall into their favor. But like I said, no win is an easy win. And Mackenzie Blackwood, nice to see him between the pipes, even though uh, he did give up a goal to former uh, New Jersey Devils, Stefan Nason. And Nason, uh, at first I thought it was a Michigan goal goal, but then I was like, oh, no, that's, he, he was just able to – he was behind the net and he was able to find the – he was able to get it back uh, behind Mackenzie Blackwood. It looks like it bounced off Blackwood's back. And I, I think Nason was originally trying to make a pass and it just happened to go in. But you know what? Sometimes it's better to be lucky than the good. Sometimes it's good to be lucky. But that was precise location and I can't – be mad at that. So let me know what you guys think. And as for today's episode, that's the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.